Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, this morning, uh, we are going to talk about foolproofing. Have you ever felt like a fool? Don't raise your hand. That'd be a good idea not to do that at this point. <laughs> yeah, today, uh, we're going to start this series on Proverbs. And uh, Proverbs is a wonderful book. And uh, we hope that this is somewhat practical for you. That's the intent as we walk through this book just a little bit. And uh, if there's a key verse uh, that we need to have in the front of our minds, it is here in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, and uh, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, some translations would say wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is really a key scripture out of uh, the book of Proverbs. And uh, while we're wading through some uh, thoughts about Proverbs, one of the things that came up in our, in our pastoral staff uh, for our, uh, our preaching meeting was this. Somebody said they saw this plaque, and it kind of relates to uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says, the plaque says this, Wisdom begins with wonder. I like that because I think it really kind of uh, sounds out what uh, Solomon is saying there in Proverbs 7, 1, or 1, 7. And that short uh, sentence may be a good way to understand what the fear of the Lord really is for us. Now, sometimes we miss the fact that we need to respect God, especially in the society that we live in this world. Our society in the Western world is, has lost respect for many decades in many ways. And uh, another way that we can say respect for God, we can use this old term as reverential fear. We used to say that where we revere God, we respect Him, and uh, we, sh- we understand that's what that is, is respect. And that's where I'm, saying, that's where I'm uh, focusing on that plaque for a second because it catches an element of what Proverbs says there Wisdom begins with wonder. When, we're, when we are in awe of someone, we tend to listen to them and we tend to respect them. Uh, can you ever think of a time when you met somebody of importance and when you got to meet that person, you were like in awe of them and you're like, this is the coolest moment ever. I've never seen this person before, never talked to them, and now I get this opportunity. And so you're in awe. Well, I remember uh, when uh, I was a kid, and uh, ten, maybe 10 years ago, and uh, I remember uh, uh, back uh, in the day, we had a guy that played football, and his name was Lynn Dickey. He was the quarterback uh, of the Green Bay, uh, uh, Green, Green Bay, and uh, he also had played for uh, the Houston Oilers. He was drafted in to them. He was actually born in Kansas, right? Uh, and uh, Lynn Dickey was, he played for the, the uh, K-State, the purple team, and uh, he was uh, actually a top quarterback of the Big Eight back in the day. And uh, as I said, he was uh, drafted by the Oilers and then later moved to, to uh, Green Bay where he played and he set some uh, great, uh, great records there that, that have only been broken later on by 
Aaron Rodgers. Now, for me as a kid, when I met this guy, I don't even remember what I did in grade school to get to meet this guy. Evidently, I did something good. You know, grade school is so far back. Uh, and so I got to meet this guy up in Horton, little town uh, northeast of us. And uh, I, I met him there, got to shake his hand. I believe I got his uh, autograph, but uh, in all those years, I cannot find it. I can find some of the other guys, but I can't find his. What a bummer. Uh, anyway... So, but for me to meet this guy, uh, I was in awe of him, and, uh, and so it changed probably the way I acted and how I listened, you know, especially for maybe an eight-year-old kid, uh, you know, it, it's, especially if you're a boy, you know, it's great if you can stop and listen at eight years old, right? And, and, and I did that, and uh, the idea here for us as we look at this is that the fear of the Lord is the start of knowledge and wisdom, and when we are in awe of God, when we respect Him, when we look at Him with wonder, it should change how we interact with Him and how we respond to Him and His instruction. It should have a change for us especially if we respect Him. And our life will show that, right? Our life will show if we respect Him or not. Uh, let's take a small overview of this great book, uh, the book of Proverbs here. Practical wisdom for living really is the theme of the book of Proverbs. It's practical. Uh, and we're told that, that the beginning and the core of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, not only in Proverbs 1-7, but also in other places as well, up in chapter 9, verse 10, and but Proverbs often compares the differences of the benefits of seeking wisdom and also the pitfalls of, uh, well, pitfalls of living a fool's life. Like Solomon says, while the wicked stumble in deep darkness, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. So Proverbs, as we look at this, it's a great collection of Israelite wisdom literature. So if you, if you understand literature, if you understand genre, this is what that is. Or just kind or type, if you want to use those words. So it's wisdom literature. It's including the introduction as the first nine chapters. And it gives us a framework so that we can understand the rest of this book that's important for us. The book includes different authors, but primarily uh, most of it is credited to King Solomon and uh, son, the son of King David. It's written somewhere between the, the 10th century B.C. And, and the 6th century B.C. We know Solomon was around uh, uh, setting things up in, in probably around 1000 B.C. or so. Okay, we can get started here by reading the first small section of, uh, of God's Word here in Proverbs. Let's look at verse 1 together. It's in the NIV version for you on the screen. If you have your own Bible with you, you can open it up and follow with us there. But it says, the, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for under, understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. You know, prudent, that's a great word, right? Have you, I know it's, we don't use that word very much in modern times. It used to be if somebody called you a prude, they were trying to say you were kind of straight-laced, those kind of things. Most of us don't use that now, but prude in some sense, if we were called that, remember we're called, that means it comes from the word prudent. So if you're prudent, hey, that's really a good thing. All right. 
doing what is right and just and fair, forgiving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. You see that one? And let the discerning get discretion. Uh, let, the, let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that's kind of that inter- introduction part of, uh, of Proverbs there in verse one, uh, verses 1 to 7. Searching for wisdom from God's Word is so much better than falling into those pitfalls of living a fool's life. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, because we know what that, where that leads us. Now we look from the he, what the Hebrew word rendered fool in Proverbs is and how other places in the Old Testament would say that a, a fool here is a person who is morally lacking. We also get the idea that a person who is a, a fool according to Scripture would also be that person who, does, who believes there is no God. And so no matter how you feel about yourself or how others feel about you, there's something for you to gain out of what these Proverbs are saying today. So wisdom is available to everyone who is willing to listen to the Word of God. Now the word uh, proverb here actually refers to a rule or standard. And, And we understand that out there, there are other proverbs that aren't part of the canon of the Scripture or they aren't part of the Bible and they're just good sayings that are out there in this world, but there's something about the Word of God because we know where it comes from. It comes from the Spirit of God and through His people. And so these Proverbs are set aside as compared to other Proverbs outside of Scripture. Now in Hebrew, Hebrew, a proverb means to, to be like. And so who is it that we're supposed to be like? Well, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be like the Lord, right? We're supposed to uh, live like Him and for Him. That is what we need to do. And the, and the best way to do that is to study and apply His Word. It's important for us to not only hear the Word of God, but it's important for us to be able to apply it uh, to our lives if we're going to serve Him faithfully. It's interesting Uh, We find that Jesus told his disciples when they were heading out to serve, he he said these words. It comes out out of Matthew 10, and I'm going to read it to you in the King James Version this morning for fun. I like the way it says it. It says, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. It's kind of like Jesus was saying, Be smart about living. Don't be gullible. Don't be sucked into people's crazy things that they're going to do and say and try to get you to do. And don't, but then on the other side of that, don't be destructive in how you live. Love people, care for people, be kind, be respectful, those kind of things. Don't be caught up by people's cunning ways because they will try to pull you in. And for us as followers of Jesus, we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, I've got a challenge for you this morning. We're doing this uh, at Mission Hill as well, and this is one of those things we want to challenge you to do, which is to read Proverbs uh, along with us for 31 days. Uh, 31 chapters, right? It's not too big a deal. If you have the Bible app, you can go to Bible.com. If you want to do it that way, you can go on there, or you can... uh, 
request my friendship on here and follow, follow me on, uh, on that Bible app for uh, Proverbs 31 for the next 31 days. I'm going to attempt uh, to put something down every day. Uh, hopefully I can get it done and that's my goal. But anyhow, uh, I want to encourage you to follow along. If not on there, if you don't have the Bible app or you don't want that one, uh, you can follow along also on Facebook for Topeka First uh, at the Boulevard campus. You can follow along there. It should shoot out on, onto the Facebook as well. Or if you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, you know what, I, I'm not into all the techie stuff. Don't feel bad. I'm not that great at it either. Uh, but uh, you can use the good old-fashioned solid Word of God that's written in, in that's typeset, all that kind of stuff. Okay? So whichever way you do it, but I want to challenge you to follow along with us and uh, so that we can move the same direction. Search for wisdom. That's what it's about. We're, we're in a search for wisdom to be able to follow the Lord. And here in our first four verses in Proverbs 1, it gives us some understanding about the book and who gave it to us. Uh, again, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. Hey, that's important. And, and for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, how we live, and doing what is right and just and fair. Those, those are some hot words right there, especially in the time we live. And for, gaining, or for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. So if we look at these Proverbs, uh, we, we understand uh, Proverbs of Solomon, the son of uh, King David, they were written down as what Solomon remembered from his dad, uh, King David, and he, he taught him. And David began to teach uh, Solomon after the death of his son Absalom. You know, if you look at the life of David, David's life wasn't always perfect, was it? David failed with his first two sons and Adonijah and Absalom, and, and he did not teach them the things that had made him a success. And only after failing with his first two sons, his first two children, did uh, David learn to pass on his wisdom to Solomon. So often we can become successful in growing in God's Word and living out our faith in this world, uh, but we may become a little too proud to be able to share the secrets of our success for others, and we must not run that type of direction. For us, we need to be people who are willing to share what God has given to us and how God has worked in our lives so that others can benefit from our mistakes and our victories. You know, it's not all about the victories. It includes the mistakes. And that's how we help people move along. And each one of us are part of that, aren't we? Every one of us. Daniel talked about some of the things in, in CR. It's just the reality of life. And we need to be willing to be able to guide people along with us. We not only need to be willing to be people who search for wisdom... But we must be willing to share wisdom at the right time. Now the book of James says this. James chapter 1 verse 5 should be on the screen. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. I love that, that verse. If we lack wisdom, we can ask God and He will provide that for us. For us. Uh, here's some uh, uh, thought for you. Proverbs can give you some of the wisdom that you need and may be asking for. 
That's why it's important to crack the book, right? It's important to crack the book, open it up, and see what, he, what the Lord is saying to us, and let it penetrate our hearts and our minds. And that may be part of the answer for your prayer for wisdom that you would ask for. Just cracking the book and seeing what God has to say there. Now let's look. There's a couple different types of wisdom Scripture teaches us about. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, he says these words, Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relations with you, with integrity and godly, and godly sincerity. We have done so not relying on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. See, we can't always just depend on worldly wisdom. We need to be able to get God's direction in our lives and we have to be able to rely on God's grace because that is where we stand, by His grace. Then if you jump over into James chapter 3, verse 13 should be there for you. Uh, it says about a couple, it speaks about a couple different types of wisdom. James says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Now, I like that a little bit. Look at what he says there. Humility that comes from wisdom. It shows us there too, as we allow wisdom into our lives, it humbles us. It should humble the way we live, how we talk, how we interact with other people. And, uh, and that's, that's really a big key for us. Verse 14, he goes on to say, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, he's, here's that other kind of wisdom he's talking about there. Uh, uh, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly. It is unspiritual, demonic. Look at what he calls that. James pulls no punches here when he deals with this. Uh, he call he uh, he doesn't he calls selfish ambition he calls envy uh, he calls these things a type of demonic wisdom or worldly wisdom and we understand if you understand some of the idea for worldly in the New Testament you're looking at the 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 uh, viewpoint of the world that is induced by Satan himself and so we see here he calls that type of thing demonic and if you jump down to James chapter three. Verse 17, you find something else. He says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So there's a lot of difference between that selfish ambition, between envy and those kind of things and what we see as God's kind of wisdom that He provides for us in our lives. If you're going to search for wisdom, really what it means is you're going to have to work for it. And that's the thing. A lot of times we think, uh, we, we, we step into God's presence or we even step into reading the Word of God and we think, look, you know, here, here's the Word of God and we see it, we've read it, okay, now everything's changed. Well, we have to learn to apply it. We have to work at allowing that to come into our life and work through our lives. Not only does it have to soak in here and down in here, 
but it has to be able to come through our lives as we live out this walk that God has called us to. Uh, have, have you ever been in a search party for someone or something? I don't know if it, has anybody here done a search party stuff? Anybody? There's some? Yeah? Any others? I'm sure there's some others out here. Well, look, there were, back in the year 2012, something interesting happened. There was a woman who went missing in Iceland, in the country of Iceland. And uh, it was over the weekend. She was lost on a Saturday. And uh, she was reportedly found safe and sound by her own self. Let's look at the story for just a second. This woman, she was a tourist. And uh, you can find this story on on CBS, I'm sure. She was a tourist. Uh, She even participated in an intense police search over the weekend near a canyon and the country's southern volcanic region. You know, not a place to get lost. I don't know if you've been into any any, uh, any of those volcanic areas, kind of neat. I've been in some of those in West Africa where the, the, the old volcanoes were kind of cool, but they're pretty treacherous uh, to be in there. And so she's out there helping them, trying to find her lost self. And, uh, and the mix-up apparently happened during the sightseeing trip. This woman broke off from the rest of the group, the tour group that she was on, and uh, she changed clothes. I don't know if she got them dirty. I don't know why she did that. But when she did that, she returned back to the group in a totally different outfit. Uh, maybe it didn't match the scenery. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. You'll have to ask her. And so uh, she returned back to the bus in this different outfit, and the rest of her tour group did not recognize her. And so the description of the missing woman was, quote, she's Asian, uh, in dark clothing, speaks English well, end of quote. But the woman didn't recognize this description of herself. She thought it must be some other lady. And so she's like, oh, this is serious. We've got to do something. So she helps the party, and they're trying to find her. And, and, and the Coast Guard is called out. They are ready. They have their helicopter set, ready to start doing the search. And uh, then they get the call. She found herself. <laughs> she had no idea that she was the one that was missing because she was wearing different clothes than this. <clears throat> we need to work sometimes at searching, right? Searching for wisdom and even if we've lost ourselves. <clears throat> so my question for you then after this little funny story, but there's, um, are you searching for wisdom? God's Word, of course, is the wisdom that we need in Proverbs, and we need to be able to look there, and sure, there's other kinds of wisdom that are out there, but more than anything, we, we need God's wisdom. As he says in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, so now we really need to look at some practical helps for us to be able to read this life-changing book of Proverbs. I know it's not necessarily an extremely exciting thing, but how how do we we study or how do we read Proverbs? Well, I'm going to say right off the bat, there's an easy way. Just get the book out. Crack the book open and start reading. There's always going to be some things that you may not pick up right away, and that's okay. I know I've read through the Bible, I don't know how many times, 
And there'll be parts that are very difficult unless I have a lot of time to go ahead and dive in deep into that one. If I don't understand it, then I'm going to read and then I'm going to keep on reading. And maybe when I come back on it again, maybe it'll hit me. And sometimes it does and I get it. And sometimes I have that extra time. But it's kind of a thick book, right? But Proverbs is not that bad. It's, you know, 31 days, right? In 31 days. Yeah, 31 chapters, sorry, in 31 days. Many of the Proverbs really make sense naturally. It's not too difficult. But we, we grasp their meaning right away. And our, our own experiences also show us that many are true. But otherwise, we, will, uh, we, uh, we must, it's going to be more difficult to understand some of them with our modern day lifestyles. But sometimes we may not be used to the way they are written. The big thing is that you just need to start to read them. And Proverbs are more than just simple sayings. They are God's wisdom expressed in the, in the everyday language of humanity. And we get them in English or Spanish or whatever language you speak. And uh, uh, there, are, there are several basic kinds of Proverbs uh, in the book. There, We're going to say there's probably about six. We're not going to look at all of them today. We're, we're going to look at a couple of them and see how they how they play out. But one of the first kind of uh, Proverbs, or the first type, I'm not going to give you the formal names of them, they're, but they're, they, they're two lines, and uh, the two lines say the same thing, but they say it just a little bit differently. And if you'll put that first proverb up there, Proverb 11, verse 15, you'll see what I'm talking about. And, and it says there, this is the NIV version, in the first line it says, uh, whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer. And then line two says, but whoever refuses to shake hands in pledge is safe. So really these two things are saying the same thing. They're just saying it just a little bit differently. And we can learn from what Solomon is saying here. And in fact, the second line, although it is different, it really says the same thing. Uh, he's saying if you co-sign on a loan for somebody, you don't know at all, it will make your life difficult. In other words, it will come back to bite you. So you meet a guy going down the street. You see that guy and you shake his hand. He shakes your hand. He said, hi, I'm Joe Blow. And you say, you're so-and-so. And he says, hey, I need to co-sign on a loan for my new house that I want to buy for $150,000. Would you do that? And you say, hey, that's an awesome idea. I'll be right over which bank is it. And you go over to the bank with him and you sign off. And you say, it's just a signature. What does that really matter? Then he messes up. Then they foreclose. And who do they come after? Both of you, right? Because you co-signed on that on that note there too. And so it will, in other words, you don't know this guy. You don't know if it's a good idea. You have no idea who he is. And it will come back to bite you. He, he kind of says it backwards in the next line though. And, and the next line, the person that won't make that kind of deal will stay secure. That, that's the way I would say it. He says, but whoever refuses to shake hands and pledge is safe. In other words, you're not going to cut the deal with them. You don't even know who they are. We know that if, you, if you're in a bank or a loan company or something like that, that usually they have to, if they don't know you, they go back and run references. They talk to people that know, right? And that's just kind of the way those kind of things work. So there's some great biblical wisdom here that comes out of Proverbs to be able to help us 
and David is teaching Solomon, and Solomon is passing that on to us and saying, think about what you're doing. Think about what you're doing. And Proverbs helps us to think about what we're doing. And so it can change how you do business. It can change how you relate to others in need. It's just good sense that Solomon is giving here. Most of us could say that a businessman or a businesswoman who are willing to sign their name on the dotted line without, uh, uh, without uh, knowing an individual would likely not stay in business very long. But as Proverbs says, whoever puts up security for a stranger will suffer. It will come back to bite them. So these are some, uh, some simple things that can help you understand and apply uh, Proverbs in your life. And that's just one small one out of 31 chapters, right? There's so many, just a, just a few thoughts, and that's one kind of them. Here's a second kind of them. Don't worry, I'm not going to go to six because I don't have time. I think football is coming on. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> you got, some of you guys are stressing out and say, what kind of unspiritual man is this? Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. A second kind of proverb gives uh, a thought in the first line, and then the second line gives the same kind of idea in a negative sense. So it, bring, it, it helps bring the truth home. It kind of helps hit it home in our lives so that we can understand. And, and, and that's what it's about. Uh, these proverbs basically sound something like this. Now, this isn't an actual proverb, but this is kind of how some of them sound like this. If you do such and such, you will be blessed. But if you don't, this is what will happen. And so we can pull out another real life example of what God is saying there in Proverbs chapter 14. It should be on the screen for you, verse 30. This one has a powerful truth to it. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body. But envy rots the bones that's a serious proverb there that's a serious proverb this proverb reminds us of some significant truths and we can even find these truths in other passages in the scripture no question about it yet Proverbs says it uh, says it in such a, a to the point kind of way and that's a great thing about proverbs but basically he says peace of heart gives life but envy is destructive to the core of our being. That's, that's kind of what he's saying in my words there. Uh, today, if all, if, you all catch, if all you catch today is this proverb, it can change how you live. It can really change how you live. Why? Well, because if you refuse to let envy of what others have or get, or, uh, or it, it, it will, if you refuse to do that, then you can have peace in your heart. Some are so worried about what the Joneses have or how they always get the good things that their life is paralyzed by envy. It's the, it's the addiction of the Western world, the addiction of envy, really in so many words. And that's why Solomon taught us a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I would say that we, I hope that we have hearts at peace as we look to the Lord and trust that the Lord is the one who takes care of our lives. He is the one that is faithful. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Look at what Jesus says. He says this over in Mark chapter 11, verse uh, 25. 
and we can relate this to what we see here in Proverbs. And he says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Wow, what a powerful statement. A powerful statement of forgiveness to the one who actually laid his life down on the cross to speak to us and to say we need to be able to forgive so that we can be forgiven too. But it's not left only with Jesus. We see also the Apostle Paul, how he said this. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, that's the love chapter, we talk about that. Really, it's dealing with using the gifts of the Holy Spirit in love in its context. But also, we understand that that, that, uh, that truth can, can bridge across the rest of our lives as well, besides just those gifts of the Spirit. And he says in verse 4 of chapter 13, he says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It's saying, he's speaking of love here, and no wonder Solomon says, envy will rot your bones, because it lacks love. It lacks love. We need to look to the Lord and to not look to everyone else in envy. Paul even says over in Galatians chapter 5, you may have heard a little bit earlier, a little bit of it, Galatians 5, uh, 25 to 26, Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Paul is challenging the body of Christ not to be those who are envied or worried, worrying about what the Joneses have, worrying about the blessings they get, and worrying about what blessings that that individual doesn't get. And then we see the Apostle Peter. We're coming to the end here. We see the Apostle Peter and what he said about envy in these things. We can see it in 1 Peter chapter one, verse, or chapter 2, verse 1. Peter said this, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and, the, and slander of every kind. He said, get rid of those things. He said, cast those things out, get rid of those things because we don't want them living or working in our lives because we don't want our, ourselves to be rotten to the core. We want to allow God to work in our life. We want to allow true wisdom to work in our lives. So it changes not only our behavior, but it even has an effect on our hearts and our lives. What kind of wisdom do you want? What kind of wisdom do you desire? As we wrap this up this morning, don't quit your search for wisdom. By the way, don't get lost like the lady and change your clothes. And <laughs> don't do that. If you do, get some help, right? <laughs> At least she helped herself a little bit, you know, but hey. I want to challenge you to read along with me in Proverbs as we, we walk through this for the next 31 days. And realize that your, your, your search will only stop if you allow yourself to become tired of discovery. We don't want to become, we don't want to become tired of discovery. We don't want to become tired of opening the Word of God and allowing it to speak into our lives. We want to be able to be the type of people that says, God, you know what? I need to know where you want me to go. I need to live in the way that you want me to live. 
I want to be able to follow in the way you have me to follow you. Amen? I think each and every one of us should say that prayer in our hearts this morning that we ask Him to, to lead us and guide our lives. Run after God. Run after Him with the wisdom that He offers to you out of Proverbs. And remember this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Like that little plaque said, wisdom begins with wonder. It begins with respect for the Lord. Let's look to Him this morning. Would you stand with us? We're going to sing a last song here together. If our prayer teams would come at this point this morning, we'd love to pray with you. If you have any kind of need you want to lift up to the Lord, if you would uh, want us to agree with you or maybe God's done something special in your life this week and you just want to thank Him and you want to thank, uh, thank Him with some others, we'll be glad to do that. But I want to pray with you this morning. We'll sing this song of worship and then we'll be dismissed afterwards. Father, we thank You. We thank You that we get together to come here to, uh, to be in Your presence so that we can grow in faith, so that we can grow in wisdom, so that we can grow in Your ways. That, Father, that we can follow hard after you. And, Father, all those distractions, the envy, the strife, all those kind of things, that other, that other kind of wisdom, may that not be our portion. May we set that to the side. May we be people of forgiveness. May we be people who follow hard after your wisdom, who search for your wisdom, not the world. Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name.